Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. is the executive director of Sisters in Crime, and I am delighted to welcome Betty Heckman to the podcast today. Despite completing a fine arts degree, all Betty ever wanted to do was to be a writer. She wrote a weekly column in her college newspaper and later wrote magazine and newspaper pieces along with short stories and a prize-winning screenplay before turning to novels. She's had over 25 books published across, across three mystery series, all of which include yarn and craft. She lives with her family in Southern California. Betty, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm delighted. Uh, I'm going to start this conversation the way I usually do and ask you when you decided um, it's I want to write a novel and and maybe and this might be a separate conversation it's time to write a novel um, really it kind of came together uh, when my mother died um, I had been thinking about always wanting to write a mystery basically forever since I read you know Nancy Drews and stuff like that and when my mother died it was like all of a sudden, it it seemed like now or never, mm-hmm. and I I signed up for a writer's workshop, and th- that kind of gave me the impetus to to begin. And I continued with the workshop actually until I finished the first book. And was the first that first workshop because you'd written other things as well? Was it to help you build up the craft or to understand how to write a full novel or what did it help you with? Partly it was feedback because the way we worked it was we would read our work out loud and you would he- hear what other people and the person who was the leader thought of of your work. And I, and that helped a lot. And it was just, I think, meeting once a week, you know, so I wanted to bring in pages. Yeah, exactly. Having the routine. Um, so I love that this terrible life event sort of made you reconsider things and start and you wrote a mystery was it always going to be mysteries for you or did you ever think maybe I'll write a romance or maybe I'll write you know something else well I had written um unpublished other uh romances this was actually the first mystery that I wrote because somehow I thought mysteries were complicated to write and I was like I had to build up my courage to, to figure out how to do it. Um, but mystery was really always what I wanted to do. And was, I, I love when you talk about courage and, and sort of figuring it out. Um, was there specific, you said that you read Nancy Drew, which is the gateway for many of us. <laughs> um, was there a specific type of mystery you were most interested in writing? Um, a cozy mystery. Um, I uh, that I mean, I loved Agatha Christie's, and when I was in high school, I used to read those all the time, and uh, other similar authors. And um, I'm not really blood and guts, so I liked something where it was, you know, you figure it out rather than, um, as I said, blood and guts. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And Agatha Christie's interesting because she's another gateway for so many of us, but right. she's not, she gets confused with Cozy, but she, she could be not blood and gutsy, but you know, she killed kids and <laughs> yeah. she, 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 she had her moments of, of darkness. <laughs> well, she didn't um, have the rules. So the, yeah. that we have now, so, so when she you could, say I guess, you're do cozy. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you had, you, Going back, you have a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts. What was that in? I mean, you're, you've got an artist background. Um, it was kind of everything. It was, uh, I went to, a, it was a liberal arts uh, university, so it wasn't like it was actually an art school. So we did everything, painting, printmaking. Um, the only thing I think I didn't do was sculpture. Wow. But I, I had been making things and doing crafts and everything since I was a kid. Um, and I... And I said it was kind of all over the place. There wasn't one thing that I really specialized in with the fine arts degree. But you've also written uh, a screenplay. I mean, which I think also the dramatic structure of that and understanding how to make that work must be helpful as well. Um, well, yeah, actually, I wrote a couple screenplays, but there was just one that won the prize. So, um, <laughs> I, well, yeah, that's like a whole different kind of writing because everything has to be, I mean, you, you can see things, which, you know, when in a novel, you, you have to try to describe it. Um, but the screenplay that I wrote was, it was a, about a, a 10 year old magician and it was a comedy. So it was. Not quite a mystery. <laughs> um, well, when you're so as you're writing and you're developing your craft and you're, you're thinking about things and you're using your artistic skills to sort of develop this this mystery. How did you how did you break into the cozy writing um, world? How did you how did you start? Um, well, actually, I had some stories published in Woman's World that were like basically, you know, very short, cozy mysteries. Um, so I guess that was the way I entered into it. So I had some some entree. But the, the format of those stories was quite different than a book, a novel. Because right. there's they're so much. What are those, like 2,500 words? or No, 500 words. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, boy, that's hard to write. I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, and also they... You know, they, they it wasn't really a formula, but there had to be some kind of twist in them. I also wrote some uh, romances for them, and those were a thousand words, which is a little more space. But the five hundred words ones were pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. Of course, as a reader, we love those because they're, you can read them quickly <laughs> right, and in a sitting. <laughs> so tell tell me about how how your you know your first series came about. Um. Well, okay. The book that I wrote at the workshop. Um, wasn't it? I, although those characters ended up being moved over in, into what eventually did happen, um, it actually all started with um, a granny square. And I don't know if you know what granny squares are. I do. I I, I am a knitter. I am not a crocheter. Okay. And my granny squares are always terrible because I keep <laughs> wanting to know how to do them. Um, but I do know. So for why don't you explain them for folks who might not know? Well, yeah, even if if you don't recognize the name, most people have seen them. Uh, they're, you know, these Afghans that have squares, uh, often with like black kind of around the edges. I always refer to the one at, uh, the, on the back of the couch in the Roseanne show. 
Yeah. They had a big Granny Square yeah. Afghan there, which I think has moved ahead to the, the Connors show, which is on now. Yeah. Um, I have, have loved those squares since I was a kid. They just, something about them, just, I love them. Um, I didn't know how to crochet then, but when I finally taught myself the, how to crochet a hat, it, it gave me no clue how to make a granny square. And I, for some reason, I, I was fascinated with making them, but I, I had no idea how to make them. Mm-hmm. And there were classes in knitting, but there really weren't classes in crocheting. So anyway, it was kind of always in the back of my mind. Uh, I was in Las Vegas for, with my husband for a convention, and he was off doing his business stuff. And I went wandering into the the uh, shop, the forum shops at Caesar's Palace, and there was a like a two or three story FAO Schwartz there. And I love toys, so I was going into FAO Schwartz, and I was headed for the doll floor. And as I was cross, the way they arranged it was you had to walk across the store to get to to uh, the, the escalator for the next floor. And as I was going across the floor, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this little box, like a little suitcase, and it said, learn how to make granny squares. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow. You know, if it was a kid's kid, if it could teach a kid, it could teach me. Anyway, I bought the, the kit. I took it home, and I had this. It was. It took a couple of tries before my granny, granny square actually had four corners. But once I did it, it was like I was. I thought it was like the golden door crochet had opened for me. Yeah. Anyway, so I got the idea after that of like mixing it with a mystery because I thought of nothing else. You know, just having to to focus on crocheting that I would learn more crocheting and hopefully write a mystery at the same time. Um, I mentioned it to my agent and she got very excited about it. And she said, she said, if you write it, I can sell it. And uh, I, I wrote a proposal. I sent it to her and she sent it out. And it was like, after years of rejection, two publishers wanted it. Wow. So it was like a very brief bidding ward, like n- not much to, you know, to really talk, other than the fact that two p- people really wanted it. And then I, I ended up with the deal with Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think I, I got a, it was for six books. Wow. And uh, and then all of a sudden I had to write them. It was <laughs> like, you know, kind of like that scene at the end of The Graduate where <laughs> Dustin Hoffman finally gets a girl and it's like kind of, now what? Yeah. But yeah. that that was how I ended up with the, the crochet uh, series. <laughs> it started with a granny square. Yeah. Well, and I actually think a granny square is an interesting metaphor for, you know, learning. It's never, it, you know, it's a, something you build on, you build, you know, you make several of them, it builds the book, but it's, and it may get easier, but it's never simple. Like you still have to think about it and you have to, you know, apply yourself. Writing doesn't get easier, but it, you know right. how to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, Kind of like the surprising thing, you know, I, I hear other writers say it. I always think it's, you know, hard for me, but easy for them. But everybody says the same thing. It's it's hard. Yeah, it is. Um, and so that first book and, it, you know, for folks who don't know about the cozy subgenre, I mean, they're traditional mysteries, but usually they have 
uh, amateur sleuth and some craft or something at the center of it, um, a community there, you know, a small um, town or, or a small place within a, a larger place, um, wonderful series characters that continue. Uh, but when you've got the hook of a craft, people are rabid about reading <laughs> these craft books. I mean, so you doing yarn crafts, people love those books. I mean, they do very well. Culinary mysteries, uh, two culinary co cozy, same thing. People just love those books. So you really, and crocheting probably wasn't as popular, though I think it's always been popular. Um, you know, you were hitting on a niche that hadn't been served. So I'm sure right. that you had people who were really excited about it. Well, that was the thing. I didn't really know about the, the craft thing or the niche thing. It was just lucky timing i guess um yeah the craft things are good because you get groups of people together and there's a reason for them to to gather yeah and to gossip and to to you know stick their noses into other people's business and everything else within the book well with the crochet thing though actually crochet is kind of like the stepchild of of knitting yeah. um i actually went into a, a, a yarn store where when I asked the woman about crochet, she looked at me as if I was, you know, talking about something disagreeable. And she said, oh, we have somebody who comes in once a week who deals with crochet. Everything was like knitting. <laughs> and that was one of the things it, that I did in the book was I did the opposite. I have one character who's kind of outrageous and she is like anti-knitting. I mean, she doesn't want any knitters in their group, and she goes on and on about how horrible <laughs> knitting is and crochets everything. <laughs> um, having been to a few craft stores in my life, I actually can believe that people would be like that, too. Um, and so you centered the series on crochet, and you got a six-book deal from Berkeley, Berkeley Crime, Prime Crime, I'm imagining. So, you know, right. that's an exciting beginning um and then but you've got two other series as well how did those come to uh, come about well uh, the first one is the uh, yarn retreat series and that was was it started out with berkeley also and uh, that's about um a a woman who who makes muffins who puts on yarn retreats at a slightly sinister uh, hotel and conference center, kind of where everybody checks in, but everybody doesn't check out. Yeah. And uh, that was, uh, it, it takes place in California also, northern, well, it's actually the central coast, I guess, um, Monterey Peninsula. And it was an area that I really loved. So that's kind of where I got the idea for it. The other one, uh, was a little bit different. This one was about uh, a woman who's a writer for hire, in, but that one takes place in Chicago. Oh, and and it was it was a cozy sort of marginally. It was, uh, but she she also crochets. I mean, but is she's not in a crochet group. The group she has is she hosts a, a writer's workshop uh, oh. along with her writer for hire business. Very um, cool. So it was. Based in, in a place where I grew up in Chicago and the apartment that I still have and and just uh, it was loosely based. My father was a writer and he would write whatever he, he had to. I mean, he wrote encyclopedia um, 
entries. He wrote love letters at one time, which we all thought was really weird because he was hardly <laughs> the romantic type. Um, he and he wrote some books and he he uh, edited some magazines and then uh, he taught high school and taught other people how to write. So you've, you know, written over 25 books and stayed published for a long time. Um, but let's talk about the writing itself a little bit. You know, what what helped you build the craft over time? What do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you know now? You know, what's what what what's your golden door in writing, like <laughs> your, your little suitcase for granny squares? Um, I think I wish I had taken classes sooner. Um, I started out thinking I knew everything, <laughs> and it's, and and I obviously didn't. And and the classes and workshops I think really made a big difference. So I think um, in writers groups too, I think those make a difference because two things: it gives you like the group or the class that you have to. Well, you don't have to, but that you're you're going to bring pages in yep. for. You get feedback, and also a lot of it about like especially for say magazine writing or something is about structure. And, and I, it's one of those things where you can like look at something and not see it, but if somebody explains it to you, then you get it. Yeah. And there is structure in all of these things, whether, right. <laughs> whether you want there to be or not. Um, so tell me a little bit about your process. How do you, um, how do you start a novel? Usually if, if I can get the first line, then I'm Okay. <laughs> Uh, somehow that it like leads me into it. Um, it also depends. Uh, sometimes I will do a, a, like a synopsis, which everybody hates them. But if you can do it, then you're you kind of have your roadmap. Yeah. Um, especially with the series, what I would do is kind of make a character arc for each of the characters because like aside from the body and everything else they have something going on um and then sometimes i just you know i have like an idea uh sort of a basic idea that might not even be who died or anything and i just kind of begin so um, when you talk about character arcs, let's just talk about that for a minute about with series, you know, so book time and real time are you can write books that come out once a year and it's a year in the life of your characters or you write in book time. So the book comes out the next year, but it's three months or, or something like that. Do you write in book time or real time when you're writing your series? Um, book time. But the thing is, sometimes, you know, a copy editor will notice that my character should have gotten older, but she hasn't. Um, and I think about uh, uh, other books where characters have like through 20 books have never gotten older. So she, Molly's gotten a little bit older, but not much. I mean, it, she still kind of stayed around the same. So I would say it's book time. It's book time. And but you want her to have a character arc, you know, to have changes or to have growth or to to right. have something happen. Um, and, you know, when I've talked to folks, you know, sometimes within a within a book contract, <laughs> that's how you're going to arc it. So you can make sure you can, you know, finish it off just in case. But um, how do you sort of decide on those kinds of arcs? Um. 
it's it's not exactly deciding. It's kind of like I, I tune into something, and, and the characters kind of tell me what's going on. It's kind of like when you're writing, and sometimes all of a sudden things happen that you weren't expecting to happen, yeah. and you just end up putting that in there. So it, it, it's more like I tune into something than actually that I, I like, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Or or sometimes do you ever have uh, the experience of you write something and then you realize you planted clues before you didn't realize yeah. it. it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's the most amazing thing is when you realize it was all right there, but yeah. you didn't see it. And then all of a sudden you start seeing all the connections to yeah. things. <laughs> it is an amazing process and it's kind of fun. Um, but when you're talking about tuning in, because I do think that there's that that element, that sort of, you know, um, uh, conversation with characters. Do you ever have characters who show up who want to be in a book and you need to put them in another story? Or do you, you know, do you sort of have a lot of people jostling in your brain for <laughs> for, for, for their stories to be told um yeah, sometimes yeah there are times when a character will just like show up and and um the thing i'm the book i'm working on now all of a sudden i realized that this person needed to have an assistant and so that assistant kind of showed up and then i kind of saw her in my mind of what she looked like and everything and and what kind of personality she would have yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful process. Um, and setting, where where is your series set? It's in California. Um, well, the crochet series takes place in Tarzana, California, which happens to be where I live. But I kind of monkeyed around with Tarzana. Um, I mixed because I've lived here a really long time, so I mixed old Tarzana with new Tarzana, and and, and places that I kind of like. Um, like I went used up up along uh, Dirt Mulholland and places like that that are around here, but it's not a small town exactly. I tried to make it seem like a small area within Los Angeles. Um, the uh, Yarn Retreat series takes place on the Monterey Peninsula, as I mentioned, and I based it on there's a place called Asilomar. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. Um, it's a like a hundred years old, it was it started out as a YMCA uh, or YWCA camp for girls, and it, it is kind of moody and sinister and and interesting. So that kind of that's how that's taking place there. And then, as I said, the other one is in Chicago, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, which is, it's a, around the University of Chicago, and it's so it's a interesting neighborhood. It's. Well, actually, all the neighborhoods in Chicago were interesting. Yes, but. yes, and separate, and and they were, right. own, yeah, I mean, so do you have, are all three of these series active right now? Well, the uh, Writer for Hire series, the last book just came out in February, and that one I'm putting to rest, and I'm actually working on something else now that I'm hoping to, which wow. will have crochet in it, too. <laughs> the other two series are continuing. So, Betty, how do you do this? Or do you, how many books a year do you write? Um, you know, I never really pay attention to it. It's like in hindsight, I think in the last year, it's been like three books. Um, this year, it'll probably be two books. And next year, I don't know. It might just be two books or it might be three books. 
And can you work on one project at, do you, do you work on one project at a time or do you, can, do you, can you work on two projects at a time? I prefer to work on one project at a time, but right now I'm going back and forth between the book I'm writing, which is due very soon, and also a proposal because I like both of them a lot. So I, I, it, it's easier with one book because you're, you're, it's like when you're not writing, you're still thinking about it. Yeah. But this time I've sort of been able to go back and forth with thinking about both of them. Which is great. Yeah. And you you mentioned it sounds like you're more of, you know, an organic writer, a pantser. Is that fair? Or do you consider yourself a plotter or a hybrid? Or what's your process like? Um I have some some idea together when I start. I mean like a ba- like a basic plot. Um, but I think maybe I'm more of a pantser because it keeps changing as I'm working on it. Yeah. But writing two books a year or three, I mean, three's even, but you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing and, and keep going because you don't have a lot of time to sort of sit and noodle ideas. Um, do you write it through for a draft and then you, you let it sit and then write it, you know, fix it or fix it or how do you? edit as you go along how do you Uh, how do you work on your books I I think I'd say I edit as I go along because like all of a sudden I'll realize something needed to happen sooner so I'll go back and write that sometimes I'll just put a note in rather than actually because I'm in a hurry to get back to where I was but it's kind of a combination because I, I I when I'm as I'm writing I'm I'm thinking about uh does that make sense? I always think of my editor saying it doesn't track. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll think, does this track? Or if it's an awkward sentence or something, I'll just like leave it and go and figure I'll go back to it. But it's kind of a combination. Yeah. So hopefully when I go back, it, it's not a mess to deal with. It's kind <laughs> of like sort of already there. And you write, uh, you know, when you're writing a long running series, how do you keep it fresh? Do you, you know, throw more obstacles in the path of your characters or, you know, how do you, how do you keep it fresh for you? I mean, your readers love them. So that's, that's not the question. How do you keep it fresh for you as a writer? Um, Well, I guess, well, one in the, the crochet series, she's been kind of juggling two men. So it's, it's like, who who's in the forefront in that book? Um, I guess it, it somewhat it's what's going on in my life that somehow gets into the books. Yeah, uh, that kind of keeps it fresh, I think. And yeah. uh, like I went, I we, I took a trip up to to uh, the Monterey Peninsula before I wrote the la- the book that came out in the last November, and going there. And sort of seeing the place and stuff, that kind of gives me new stuff to put in. Yeah. And things to think about. Because setting is such an important part of these books. Yeah. Uh, it becomes its own personality. Absolutely. Um, and like you, I think a lot of people m- will take a real place, but then they make it what they need it to be. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, I Tarzana, I left the name Tarzana with... The uh, Monterey Peninsula, I called Cadbury by the Sea, but it's actually Pacific Grove, rearranged a little bit by me. Yeah. Um, and then Chicago, I, I did call it its real name. The neighborhood's called Hyde Park. So I, I, 
but I, I don't mention streets or anything because I kind of move things around. Yeah. And, and readers do pay attention to that yeah. stuff too. <laughs> they get upset. You can't take a left there. It's like, it's not. <laughs> well, I hate that when, when you read something and and they name something and it's so blatantly wrong, you know, <laughs> or they just stick a, a street name in for a reason, you know, to try to make it look real. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why would you, um, what's the best piece of writing advice you've, you'd give somebody and what's the worst piece of writing advice you've ever gotten? Well, I guess the, the worst piece of advice I, would be if somebody told you, forget it, you, you know, you know, you, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the best piece I would say is just keep, keep going. Yeah. Because yeah. that's uh, if you, if you stop, it's over. Yeah. And you have to, partly because my father was a writer, one of the things he taught me early about was rejection and how you just, you just keep on going. Well, I love the the story of him writing love letters and doing, doing what he needed to do to stay, to, to make a living, to write. I mean, it's, it's, and that's, that's part of it too. Um, What do you love about writing your series? Um. Or about writing? What do you love about writing? I think it's like everything in your life. You look at it differently, or if you go on a trip or anything, I'm always looking at it, like how how to describe it, or like at a person, if I see somebody, about what is about them, about their face that that is distinctive looking. It it kind of makes, it puts everything in a very sharp perspective. It's like, I, I, and, and everything, nothing's lost. It's like some, like something you think you're reading or you see whatever that you think that isn't going to mean anything. All of a sudden you realize how it fits into what you're working on. Yeah. So I think that's why I, it it makes your whole life better. I love that. It does make your whole life better. And you can also, uh, I find crime writers incredibly nice people because um, it gets worked out on the page. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I have a very hard time killing anybody <laughs> on a page because um, I guess I can't imagine that I would actually ever be that angry at anybody to want to kill them. But yeah, you know. yeah. Well, and it's, you know, that's the interesting thing about cozies is um, they are light, you know, lighter and using air quotes and there's no sex and blood on the page and there's this and there's that, but there's still dead bodies. And, you know, when you do think about your poor characters, you know, they would have PTSD. Right, right. <laughs> like three dead bodies in a year would would cause some issues for some of these characters, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's always a joke about that, about how, you know, Cabot Cove, how all the people yeah. were dying there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like to think that there are dead bodies in my book, but everybody has a good time. But you're right. It is. <laughs> it is hard to deal with the the reality of it, but that's why I think in cozies is they don't usually have bodies on scene right. or or you know blood or anything. Yeah, it's it's off the page. Have you ever written a book without uh, murder with another sort of mystery? Um, when I was well, the the things that I wrote for uh, Woman's World were, were I don't think that those always had a, a murder in them. And when I was in high school. 
we had to write like a Sherlock Holmes story or something. And I think it was about jewel thieves or something. But mostly, I remember early on learning that uh, you had to make it, the, the stakes high enough. Yeah. And if, if it wasn't murder, it was kind of like not interesting. Right, right, right. Yes, no, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, 25 books in, you've been a member of Sisters in Crime for a, a long time. Um, what is community, the writing community, meant to you and to your writing career? Um, well, with Sisters in Crime, the basic thing was that's how I found my agent. Uh, it was I was on a list and somebody, I had gotten an, an agent who was, I was very strange. And so I like let them go and I was looking you know, it's very hard to get to get an agent when you're first starting out. And somebody on the list knew of some of an agent who, who she was also just starting out and we clicked. So uh, and I think just having Sisters in Crime to turn to for for information about things or, or a place, just a place to belong where they're like minded people. Yeah. Yeah. Finding other writers is a gift, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like that first workshop you took turned out well. I mean, sometimes that doesn't so that, you know, finding a system of crime chapter where you can find your writer's group or find an, another right. group that can help. You know, it's not always you if you're not feeling it. You might just need to find another teacher, another group or, right. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also even the other people in it have to be somewhat, you know, you have to have some kind of connection with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the, for your time and thank you for um, representing the crocheters <laughs> in the knitting world. Although don't you, I feel like crocheting is really having a resurgence right now. There's so many people who are doing that instead of knitting. Well, the thing about crochet that's interesting is because you're working with one stitch at a time, you you have a lot more freedom. And it's also, I mean, there are artists that, that have pro, like done sculptures with like wire and so forth and crocheting. And you can make three-dimensional things with crocheting. I, th I don't know if you can with knitting, but it certainly would be easier with crocheting. Mm -hmm. And now what I'm into is crocheted toys and dolls. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's, I know you can knit toys, but crocheting is just... Um, there's more freedom of, yeah. of how you can put things together. Well, if we're ever at a conference again together, I will bring my crochet hook and perhaps you can help <laughs> me break through this granny square issue that I have because I've been be trying to. for years and they just are not good. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for being on the podcast. Okay. Thank you again for inviting me. Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.